2: to Light Years. Andy Lou, I got to ask you a question, man. Uh, we've watched, uh, this was a phenomenal night of course. We watched the Los Angeles Lakers just play some glorious basketball versus the uh, Phoenix Suns. And then obviously the, the real story of the night was uh, that Nuggets Blazers game. Are you over your anger that the Warriors are not in the playoffs right now?
1: That game, these two games tonight, not counting the Nets-Celtics, because who cares, made me angry, actually. It actually reignited my anger, Sam, for a good mm, 45 minutes or so. I sat here on my couch, miserably hungover after Memorial Day weekend and thought to myself, holy shit, you're telling me that the Warriors, if they didn't put together a couple more players, couldn't have stood a chance. not saying that they would have won, but couldn't have stood a chance. Would have made it fun, at least. At least we'd be here, Sam, you and I, stressing out. On locker room, probably getting mad about someone. Probably, probably mad about home. Joe English hitting six yeah, threes. Probably, <laughs> probably, but you know, like it, w- it would have been, it would have meant there in the playoffs. Now, I don't want to make this whole podcast about what the Warriors should or shouldn't have done. We've done it a million times, but and we'll you, do it another million. So, yes. <laughs> we'll do it again. The people like, but you watch these games, right? Like you watch tonight, and you're sitting here, and you're like. You never root for injury injuries, but you never know when injuries are gonna happen, whether it be to your opponents or to the Warriors themselves. <laughs> Both ways, which is which is crazy. Crazy stuff. I mean, let's let's start on the Nuggets Blazers game. And just
2: just so people know, we're All gonna right. be kind of taking a like broad view at the playoffs, uh, while also focusing on Warriors stuff as news comes out here and there. Yep. They lost Jamal Murray. I mean, they lost Jamal Murray in a game against the Warriors. um, And they're still competing. They're, you know, excellent game today from Jokic and Denver. And, like, I I know the story of the game is going to be Damian Lillard, and he deserves it because, I mean, that shot making was just absurd. absurd. But I'm just watching. I'm watching all these teams, and I'm going, they're all good. Like, their floor is higher than what the Warriors were putting out there on a regular night basis. Uh, But like none of them are dynastic in my opinion. None of them are like scary good. And, and that's always just going to be frustrating for me. Like I, you know, we're, we're a week or so since the Warriors season ended. I don't know how long it's going to take for me to get to a point where I'm like, okay with how they played out that season, but it's frustrating.
1: Yeah, I don't, you know, if you're the NBA, if you're Adam Silver, you probably want the the Nets or the Lakers to be dynastic, right? You probably want them to be amazing. But the truth is the Lakers, they're not right now because they're hurt. They got guys hurt and their offense isn't very good. We'll get into this in a second. Offense isn't very good. That's not an offense that's going to win you back to back or three titles in a row, right? And then you got the Nets who, I don't know, like, they've never played with each other. They look amazing for 10 minutes at a time, but they never like, play was- with each other. So, we know
2: the individual talent the Nets have. Unreal. Like, who unreal. knows if yeah. they're you know, going to ever be put into a real test with it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Let, let's, let's talk about the West games tonight. So I, w- I want to talk about the uh, Blazers one first. Um, I don't really want to focus on the ridiculous officiating, although I feel like it and some them have to mention it. But I'm watching Dame go nuts, and he's still getting single-covered at the end of games that's what was like i'm watching this and i'm like i get it cj Mello, norm pal like these are all like legitimate offensive threats that you have to guard but it's just like are you not going to send a second body in or do i just have ptsd from watching Stefan?
1: It, it did feel like a lot of the warriors fans and my timeline is obviously mostly warriors fans we're, were a little surprised by that what do you what do, you, what do you take that as? Is that a, a surrounding players type of problem? Or or I, or I should say, is that a surrounding players type of thing where the Portland Trailblazers just have better shooters around Dame? Or or is that a Steph Dame type of thing? Like, to me, that felt like something where I I just – you just can't <laughs> – I know what you're going to say, Sam, so I kind of just wanted to have you talk about it. Like, I, <laughs> I kind of want to have you start. So <laughs> – Okay, so I'm talking so over my own words over here. because I do, so. think it's, I do think it's
2: 50-50, but, like, here's the reality of the matter. CJ is good to go for 50 on any sure. given night. Like, he is – if you're not going to guard CJ, he will kill you. Norm Powell would have easily been the Warriors' second best offensive player this season without Klay Thompson. And Melo, you know, we like to, like, make fun of him, hoodie mellow, And, like, he's older in his career, but he still is – if you don't guard him, he's going to – he's going to score every time he gets it. So part of it to me is just like, do you really want a single color? Do you really want to send a second body at Dame? Because all you're going to do is give someone else an open shot. But the other part of it, I think, is also Mike Malone being stubborn. You know, (laughs) like there is a level of, I I think another coach would have probably sent a second body at Dame, the third like out of body experience, fall away three point shot he hit, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Which which I watching that game, I was a little annoyed by that. But at the same time, it's like Damian Lillard's fucking amazing. So I was just watching <laughs> it, oh, out, but it. This, just, the this is the chat
2: us So it's Michael Malone.
1: This Mike. is that game. It just watching that felt like watching Steph Curry all season. Both good and bad. Good. Steph Curry looks amazing. Damian Lillard looks amazing. Like those guys just look like the two best shooters in the NBA by far. Two best scorers right in the NBA that you've seen today. Uh, and then on the other hand you've got Robert Covington missing two open dunks for no reason i don't know why he went for those dunks. that, rem- C.J. McCollum. Now, that made me feel like mean? me- I- I've, I mean?
2: I've seen i've seen basemore and Kelly Oubre play that song many times this season you know that's that- why that was- I, yeah
1: <laughs> right it was just like i'm watching that and i'm just like oh my god like i felt bad i felt bad for for dame miller but it's just it's it's the type of basketball though that series to me these aren't real contenders like that's my takeaway they're a piece
2: they're they're both a piece or two away but like my my larger take from watching this game and we can even go back to that ridiculous foul call on austin rivers at the end of regulation um in in the league the way it is right now it pays to prioritize offense and coach up defense then try to sign defense and coach up offense That's like my big takeaway here. Like the Warriors would have been better suited trying to pursue um, a Norm Powell type. and like, Norm Powell is going to be a little expensive and difficult for them because he's, um, you know, he he was playing exceptional basketball in Toronto. And, you know, he's not a veteran or something like that. But he is a dude who probably has some limitations on defense because of his size, right? I think he still would have been better suited going that route. And trying to coach up defense, then what the Warriors do, which is kind of over prioritize like wingspan and stuff. And like a lot of it doesn't matter if the dude can't dribble the ball, shoot the ball, or like make a read at a high level.
1: Now, now there's a couple of things there. I I, I do think the Warriors need to prioritize shooting more. Uh, but I the the point I was trying to make with the neither of these teams are contenders was that. I think these teams just don't really value defense that much. They kind of punt that away uh, to get spacing, which makes sense in the regular right. season. And I think that's kind of the problem we've talked about forever. The Warriors are in the weird position where I think no matter what they do, no matter what they do, they kind of can't solve the Draymond Green problem. Right. It, it's the problem of, and, and, and I love this guy on Twitter. Uh, I don't know if many people follow him, but uh, he bounced back. Marmar, he's hilarious. He gets suspended every other day. But he essentially, he, he's Mars, been...
2: Mars Lightyear's royalty, by the
1: way. <laughs> unslandered. He's, he's always tweeting about Draymond Green. And, and I think he makes a fair point where, look, it's hard to play offense with that guy. We've said it all season. You can throw a double easy at Steph all day because, of, because he's the guy setting the screen. And with Portland, at least, like you said, Sam, like Norm Powell, Roko, and, and CJ, professional scorers. Those guys would get you 20 any day of the week. But the Warriors, even if you put professional scores around Steph, he still got that small ball five. Draymond on offense setting a screen, and then it's an instant double. And then yeah, sure, it's a four on three. But if you don't, if you don't got guys around him that makes sense, the four on three doesn't even matter. We saw that this season. So I, I don't know. Like I, I guess Clay Clay's coming back, right? And you get some more shooters. Maybe that'll solve it. But it is tough when you've got that guy setting a screen. And, and also the Warriors spent all season setting way too many pick and rolls for Steph at the end of games, right? Like too much Draymond screening. Right. Just let Steph go I So that's the other thing. But I don't know. I'm getting kind of off track. It's, it's just, I think the problem with Draymond, it is kind of unfixable uh, no matter what you do. And, but like he makes it, he... Here's the other thing. Here's why Dame was tweeting about wanting Draymond when the Warriors lost. You know what Portland needs right now? <laughs> they need Draymond. They need defense. So it's... <sighs>
2: Yeah, I, you'd did, like, I don't know Dra- what you, you'd do. Like, you'd know like what you did, do. You'd like a Draymond who can hit, you know, high 30% on threes. We saw what happens when you put a Draymond who can hit high 30% on threes on the Warriors. Yeah, they win 73 games. Like, obviously. So, um, it, it's about hoping you find some sort of middle ground with that. Let's talk about the Laker game real quick, and then we'll open us to questions. Um, the Lakers, the opposite of these teams, where... I feel like they they found success being defense first. Obviously, defense matters. No one wins a title without defense, although the Nets might. <laughs> um, but now we're seeing the problems of being too defensive-oriented. Like, I know Anthony Davis didn't play tonight. They still had the best player on the court tonight, and they were not in the game at all because they could not hit an outside shot, period. And I feel like... As much as everyone loves to talk about shooting, shooting is still underrated. People still kind of overrate the star's value versus the spacing
1: around them. Oh, I I think you I mean, that's that's the classic. If We want to take it back to Steph Curry, Russell Westbrook Westbrook argument in their primes, right? Like there would be a fair amount of people out there that would say Russell Westbrook's a better basketball player than Steph Curry. Everyone in here. We know that that's not the case, and that's never been the case. But you really boil it down to one thing. Like, like you're saying, Sam, it's one guy can shoot, one guy can't. And at the end of the day, like no matter what you are, Russ is not affecting games on the defensive end. Honestly, not even a good defender even in his prime, right? And that's not good enough to say, well, he's better than Steph Curry because he's a better all-around the player. You know what the point of the game is? The point of the game is to shoot basketball in the hoop. There's nobody better than that than Steph Curry. I think that, that's, that's kind of where you're going with it is, end of the day, like, LeBron can't shoot. AD's not playing. Andre Drummond, another horrific shooter, right? Walker Saw's not playing. Mac- He's hurt. And, yeah, go yeah, down the you, line. You, you,
2: you, know, Caruso, Kuzma, mm. all these dudes are like, they're, they're fine players. They do certain things well, but they're not hitting jump shots right now. Nothing else, like, Caruso is legitimately a really good defensive guard. Doesn't really matter if he can't hit jump shots right now. Like, none of this stuff matters. It's Honestly, that's simple. Like, I'm watching the playoffs right now. Utah's righted their ship. The Clippers have righted oh, their ship. But even when point. the Clippers yep. were struggling, Dallas was shooting out of their mind. The Nets, it goes without saying. It's not all about shooting, but it's kind of a lot about it. Like, more <laughs> than anything, like, there's, I don't know that you can compete for a title without getting high-level three-point shooting. Even if you want to talk about the Lakers in the bubble, randomly in the bubble, Anthony Davis and Ronda turned to 40% three-point shooters. So the Lakers, even though they don't have a <laughs> shooting roster, got big-time outside shooting in that game. And yeah, as the chat mentions right now, Dennis Schroeder can't hit a shot at all. And, you know, I, I still think he's probably a better player than Rajon Rondo in 2021, but the reality is Rondo hit – clutch shots in the playoffs last year however like unsustainable that is he did and Dennis is hitting nothing
1: yeah I, and here's the other thing my my little brother's a, a big big hoops fan too he's more of the hey I'll watch all the big games on you know Sunday night and whatever's on ESPN right and he'll sure. all watch all the playoff games and he said to me like I, why are there so many blowouts in in the postseason and I I, I could just prove any of that I didn't have any numbers I, I, but the thing I think about is I do think the three-point shooting is a part of it, where you've got teams like the Dallas Mavericks. That's who I think about, Sam, where they're a team to me. When they're up 2-0, I don't know how much I took serious. It just felt like, to me, a team that just shot a bunch of threes, made a bunch of threes, and that's not going to last. Got very hot, yeah. Yeah, got very hot. Like, that's not going to last. Maybe they win the series because they already booked two games. But to me, like, that's kind of a lot of the NBA teams now where would I be surprised if the Phoenix Suns got blown out by 20 points next game? Like, it would not surprise me at all, just because now they have good defense, unlike the Dallas Mavericks, so they're a little better, but it just feels like a lot, a lot to me these teams rely on that three-point shooting, which I also think is not a bad thing. It is high variance, but I think when you're talking about the way the Warriors, and let's spin this back to the Warriors, how, what their philosophy is, what Steve Kerr's philosophy is, is that, you know, we want to be able to shoot threes, but we don't want to really rely on it. We all hear what Steph, uh, Fitz says all day long. He's always talking about not relying on the three, but... Yeah, Fitz's always talking
3: about
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's like really what it is, though. But like, yeah, it's
2: like, um, what when I think about it, it's like, I, you know, there's the purist in me who's like, you gotta let guys defend a little more because all it's turning to is the three point shootout. I agree. Yeah. But then there's the realist in me who's like, until the rules change, lean into what works. And you know what? Maybe in two years that the league evolves from this, but like right now, there's nothing more important than
1: three point shooting in this league. I mean, the Warriors also have the greatest two point shooter of all time. So if there's ever going to be a team that leans into three point shooting, like it should, it should absolutely be the Golden State Warriors, right? And th- that's kind of why I think of it. I I think teams like I think of lesser teams that shouldn't. Like I don't I don't believe in Tim Hardaway Jr. and KP and Dorian Finney Smith and Maxi Kleba making threes in a series. But like, if you're telling me that you got Steph Curry, then yeah, throw shooters around him and, and see what happens in a series. You never I- know what'll happen. And I just want to throw this out
2: there one, one last thing, like mm. as amazing as Luca played and he did play amazing out of his mind, like pre his neck getting annoyed, I guess how much of that was, how much of that was because he was hitting that step back, like automatically, which goes back to my point. I don't know if, if they would have won those first two games if he shot 35% instead of 50% from three, you know? So it's, everything goes back to three point shooting it's in some ways it feels boring that like that's the only thing that matters but like it's kind of where we're at with the league right now so you kind of have to be realistic if you want to win you got to
1: you got to lean into what works yeah and and the other thing i you mentioned i want to talk about it really quickly too is the defense stuff i you, we've got we've got to fix some part of it the nba does there's there's too much flopping and too much of that i, I did feel like that last dame three to put it into the first overtime uh mpj played really really off him i think partly because that he drew the foul before that possession right and it got challenged and i guess technically it got overturned from a yeah. uh from a shooting foul to a non-shooting foul to a side out yeah. yeah to side out and the mpj was like well i can't really play up on that and to me that kind of felt like well he didn't want to foul him so he kind of it was still a tough three that day made that's that's how, that's how right?
2: i thought like mpj is a hey, mediocre on. defender at best and then you're telling him, like, if I get anywhere near Dame, I'm going to send him to the line. So now you don't even have him trying to defend. Like, he he was just so off of him. You, you're right. Like, you in his head, he was thinking, you know what, if Dame hits a shot, Dame hits a shot. But, like, I will not foul him. Yeah. And that's just... You know, twenty years ago we had dudes closing too hard trying to <laughs> injure people in their landing right. space. Now we've gone too far the other way. And I think it's gonna course correct itself over time, but in in the short term, it's it's equally a rough watch to me when I know Dame's gonna go for a step back and the defender can't even try to contest it. Yeah. So
4: yeah.
1: Oh, oh, another one, another one. Before we get some callers on, one more. Now that it's coming to, to mind. The Utah Jazz, you're talking about three-point shooting. <laughs> I know you have some takes here. They've got a perfect combo. They've got Rudy Gobert, a great defender, at the rim. And then they've got pretty much elite three-point shooters around them. Um, so that's kind of a tailor-made 2021 team, right? It's just, uh, and they're kind of the team maybe that's favored to make it to the NBA Finals right now. So if you're talking about shooting, uh, that's most important. They may be kind of litmus test to me. Where it's they may not have they a are, but, but like I be. don't know
2: a lot of it comes down to how high uh Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert can um Whew. raise their games because how would you feel about the uh Utah Jazz if you replaced Donovan Mitchell with like Steph Curry or James Harden? Wow, well, so yeah. like a higher level guard yeah. and you replace Rudy
1: Gobert with uh I don't know um Joel Embiid or something like that, like you wouldn't even think well, okay. You You're saying, saying one or the other. You're saying one or the other, not yeah, yeah, two. Exactly. Yeah, not two. Exactly. No, I, yeah, like yeah,
2: it, yeah. right because like right now it's like I think the Jazz have the right strategy. They've optimized the strategy. It's just like I don't know if they have that high end guy because at the end of the day, talent ultimately matters more.
1: I agree. I agree. Let's, but let's, you know maybe Bojan Ingles and Royce O'Neal and those guys can make enough threes. I agree with you though, but uh, it'd be nice, nice test case because uh, it looks like the Lakers are going to fall apart and uh, they got a nice path to the to the finals real sports fans love fantasy sports but unfortunately most fantasy sports platforms don't show that same love back favoring the sharks and professionals over the casual fans super draft fantasy sports is here to change that narrative with their new single game featured champion mode contest focus on drafting the players you know from the games that matter to you with no salary cap considerations when determining your lineup Superdraft believes that the players, not the pros, deserve to win money, and they have the highest player.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast.
1: Win percentage and DFS to prove it. Sign up with Superdraft today, start playing, and win big. New players can use the code stephbetter upon sign up and receive a $25 instant match on your first deposit. Also, don't miss out on their free to play sports book available in all 50 states to win prizes from a VIP stay at a Caesars Hotel property to a PlayStation 5. Superdraft is available on both iOS and Android devices. Promo code stephbetter
2: look no one's perfect even the best baseball players strike out with the bases loaded the best golfers sometimes three-pot with the tournament on the line so if you feel like you're coming up short in the bedroom sometimes it's perfectly okay but if it's bothering you there are options go to roman.com slash light years now Complete an online visit today to connect with a doctor and take care of it. Go to getroman.com slash lightyears and get $15 off your first month. Look, there's a straightforward way to take care of your ED. Getroman.com slash lightyears. Get started now to save $15 off your first month of treatment. All right, let's open this to a few questions. Maxwell, what's up, man?
5: What's up, guys?
3: Um, oh, this—I uh, don't know if you guys are watching NBA, NBA on TNT, but this dude Draymond is is pathetic. I think uh, <laughs> I have zero doubt. Everything this guy does is just an attempt to take the attention away from how embarrassing he was this year. Everything he says, I have zero doubt. But I'm not—I'm not, I'm not going to talk about that. I'm—I'm I'm being positive. So I have—I wanted to get you guys takes this on two is positivity. things.
4: Positivity.
3: Positivity. <laughs> yes, I wanted to get you guys takes on two things. One. Do you think, I mean, we all know Steph's better than Dame, but I think there's enough evidence at this point that would suggest Dame is better in close games. What do you guys think about that? And also, do you guys believe that the league tinkers with the outcomes of games? And do you think we'll see some of that in the Lakers series?
2: <laughs> Max, uh. <laughs> those are great questions. Um, I kind of want to take the second one first, because the right. first one we might have to go on a long time about. Um, do I think the league tinkers with the results? I think there's too much evidence of ref assignments for someone not to be somewhat paranoid about it. And I'll just leave it at that. Now to his <laughs> Let's Keep get going. to the more I was gonna, let's get to the more fun the more fun topic. How do you feel about that? You think Dame is better at the end of games than Steph?
1: I think that I mean, sure, if you told me that you believe that, I'd be okay with that. If somebody told me that they'd rather Steph, I'd be okay with that. I think I'm good with either player. I do think they they play a different style in close games at the end of games. Um, Steph doesn't... Well, first of all, I think there's a problem where Steph will want the pick and roll or the pick and roll gets set to where they would prefer the four-on-three. I think that's number one, uh, that they prefer the four-on-three so that Steph doesn't even get the attempted shot um, that you would prefer. Uh, and then also he gets doubled. Like that's the thing. I, I don't really like talking about it that much, but it just he just like he gets hard doubled. And whether whether that be because he's a better player or whether that be because of the teammates around him, he doesn't even get to shoot the ball. You look at Memphis; they doubled him at half court. We didn't see that at all today, and I don't know what why that is. It's just like you said; it's probably just Mike Malone being stubborn. But like, if Dame gets doubled at half court, does he get half those shots off at the end of the games? So. I mean I don't know. I guess I guess you could make an argument for either case but um I want to go back to to this case before you talk about Stefan Dame Uh the fact that the NBA gets people to believe or people to say that officiating is a problem and it could rig games that's not good for the league. It's it's just not. Like that stuff is not good. You don't want people to believe that. You don't want people to say that but it, it's not good. Um and I guess I'll just leave that at that too. Yeah, there's definitely no way that
2: thinking everything's rigged like the WWE is good for the NBA. Um to the Dame point, I really do think it's a it, it's uh 50% mindset and 50% scheme. Dame is gonna want to go one on one at all times. That's just who he is. He's he 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 likes to rise over coverage. He likes to shoot those shots. Steph's always looking for an advantage for his team sometimes his own detriment. Secondly, wait, someone says Steph doesn't have those memorable buzzer beaters. He has a bunch of them. Um, secondly, uh it does come down to who's surrounding him a little bit. Like Steph never goes, never goes uh 1 4 flat against coverage. And on some level, I think he should. He shot 47% on step backs this year. I think he might be better suited trying that at the end of games, but we just know he won't. So um, I don't you know what like i think they're both phenomenal end of game shooters i think they're quite frankly two of the best shot makers
1: in the league period i'm just gonna leave it at that yeah yeah i'm, I'm with you babe hey, how many times we say we'll leave it at that tonight maybe we put that on a shirt coming up let's keep it moving we'll
2: leave it at that <laughs> all right next caller. let work score is up by the way but listen it is
3: up armin what's up man <laughs> can you hear me here we go here yeah we
2: can hear you what's up man all
3: right so i got a quick thing i was i was gonna ask about something else i'm still gonna ask about but i gotta touch on the rigged rigged games thing real quick as somebody who's lived in other countries a foreigner who followed soccer all their life oh you're you're... americans i'm always shocked by how childish you guys are about this okay (laughs) the leagues do try to rig the games all right you have to be stupid with the amount of money at stake (laughs) to think that they don't try it's not illegal no one's going to go to prison There are corporations that literally poison whole communities and kill kids with asthma for money. They spill oil in the fucking ocean. But you think that this league for hundreds of millions of dollars online aren't going to try and rig a game that they're not going to get in trouble for? It's dumb, but it doesn't mean that it always works. It doesn't mean the games are not worth watching, but yeah, like if a a particular ref has Steph one for 11 and suddenly gets assigned, look, you have to be a moron to think the NBA doesn't know that that, Ref is as that record against the Warriors and assign that player doesn't mean that it's going to work but yeah they try but the more interesting thing I wanted to ask about is Steph's going into his, uh you know his the whole is he going to sign not resign I don't want him to resign but I want for one reason I want to watch every team beg him to come join them and that's my question for you who all do you think is going to beg him what kind of Tricks are they going to pull? What are they going to offer him? Apartments for Kawhi in Toronto? What's, what's Steph got coming to him? Who's going to try the hardest and which players are going to debase themselves most to get him to come to their team? Thanks.
2: Oh, this is phenomenal. Wow. Um, well, obviously, the Lakers are going to try the hardest. Let's be real here. They're gonna offer Aisha a twenty film <laughs> MGM deal or whoever I, I don't even know who's in the Lakers minority uh, ownership group who owns a Hollywood studio. You know, that we're gonna get some stuff like that. Um mini
1: series, Aisha
4: Curry.
2: Yeah, the the Knicks are obviously gonna offer him uh you know the whole Empire State Building. Dolan's not giving him any of MSG, which is why they're not getting him. So, you know, I, I think I think the funniest thing is if Steph was on the open market, you'd see a lot of people who uh, question how good he is suddenly changing their tune. We've already watched uh, 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 James uh, do certain
1: things like that. So look at that. I that was what that's that's the best way to put it. I I would like to see Steph take those meetings. Now, Steph's not going anywhere. He's signing that extension. I just want him to wait a little bit. I I just want him to put the pressure on the front office to make a move, kind of like what Giannis did. And look at the Bucs. The Bucs are my favorite team this postseason to watch. Now, I'm I'm rooting for them. I want them to win the title. But they're fun. And they put good players around them like Drew Holiday. Bryn Forbes, best shooter of the NBA, Sam. Bryn Forbes, (laughs) unbelievable. And, um, you know, it it all happened with a little pressure with the front office, spent some money, made some moves, and now it all worked out. Uh, and I would love to see that happen with Steph Curry, um, where he kind of says, "He'll take take a little world tour, you know. Maybe he takes uh maybe maybe he goes to Europe. Maybe he takes a m- meeting to Real Madrid, you know. Maybe he go- tries to play soccer out there. You know, maybe they'll pay him two hundred fifty million dollars. Aren't soccer contracts crazy? You know. So so I think it would be fun to see that. But uh, end of the day, eh, he is Mister Mister Warrior. So
2: yeah, it's you know it'd be fun, but I'd I'd, I'd rather not. So.
4: <laughs> Let's keep moving, Larry. What's up, man? Hey guys, how's it going? Hey, guys, I just wanted to talk to you about. I think the biggest offseason move I really like to see from the Warriors front office is not a roster, but just hiring. I think an offensive-minded coach. I don't like. Uh, I know, like a lot of Warriors fans, like like think Steve Kerr is stubborn and such. I don't like pushback on that a little bit. He's done some really creative stuff, so, like especially in the playoffs. But I think one thing that I really think about Steve Kerr is he doesn't. I don't feel think like he processed the game that quickly during games and just i just noticed that he's very slow at doing like a halftime you know adjustments right like i remember in the the playing games like for example the lakers right you see in the second half they came up with a really aggressive trapping scheme right really different defense from the first half same thing with the grizzlies right the grizzlies taylor jenkins noticed i think uh, xavier tillman was playing this fantastic defense um so like he went more with like Xavier Tillman in the second half, right? You don't really see Steve Kerr like kinda of do that in game. So I think he's really needs a guy. Like um I think it comes down to I think he's not he's just not experienced as like, a coach, right? He never wasn't a scalper, he never was an assistant. That's right. why I really hope that the Warriors like hire again like maybe Alvin Gentry, or they can maybe like if they could like pull back down Tony from the Nets or something. Because I think um Steve Kerr really, really needs someone like that. Because ever since Alvin Gentry left, it's like the offense has become really just you know stagnant, right? It's just like it never changes um, game to game. Half. Of- La-
2: La- Larry, Larry, you bring up a great point. By the way, we appreciate your call. I think I think the broader point. I don't know how Andy feels about this. I don't think they need any one thing. I just they need to, they need a new voice in there to shake it up. It's too many of the <laughs> same people saying the same things.
1: Yeah, I, I someone texted me this because I, I was just I was shooting out tweets about Steve Kerr and so DJ, somebody DJ,
2: said, so DJ <laughs> Fresh, in, <laughs> the, in the chat goes way too much white wine walking in the dumpster.
1: <laughs> wait, wait, no, okay, so th- there you go. Okay, I was getting to it. He stole it. Beautiful, but he texted uh, or this person texted me and they they said do you know what Bruce Frazier did before he was on the warrior staff? And I, and I literally, I looked at my phone and I said, uh, I don't, was he a coach? I, Cause, and the person said, well, you know, he is on the basketball staff. He He is an assistant coach. He's not done anything in his career to make you think that he's someone that is an actual assistant coach that is going to be able to make those adjustments that Larry's talking about. And now, I think that there are people on the coach that feel that way as well. So, yeah, I think that's a great point. Like, they need people that have actually coached in the G League or in the EuroLeague or in college.
4: Or, or in the, the NBA. Or in <laughs> or the
1: NBA. Just in places where you feel like they could go making ju- uh, those adjustments. I guess there's not meant to be a dig at Bruce Frazier, but my God, man. like I, He's a good-looking guy. Makes great rebounds. You know, a good, good ball guy. But, geez. There's the thing with the John Moran stuff, which I, which I thought people were always saying. Well, you know, you got to give it up to. He made five threes. You know what? How about mid game? You start to guard him a little bit. You, may, maybe you throw one guy who's maybe not standing in the paint watching him shoot. Maybe you do a half contest. You know, there's some stuff that you can do within games. Steve Kerr, although it, he is someone that just is, hey, here's my style, here's my philosophy, here's my game plan. We're going to stick to it. Um, and I and I think that. And I think that making an adjustment means panic. I think that's how he feels about it. That's, that's not true. Huh. Yeah, it's 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 a tricky balance because
2: no one likes the coach who makes an adjustment at like one made basket. Like, you know what I'm talking about. The worst thing in the world is the coach who panics over every decision because it loses a team. But there's got to be that middle ground like uh I said this it, uh, yesterday during the Clippers game where, you know, like Ty Lue is pretty good at that balance between not freaking out, but making timely adjustments. And it's, uh, it, it's a, it's, it's a sneaky art because you can't always, you can't always wait, you know, like as the warrior saw, like, Oh, well, John won't heal all these shots. Like, well, what if he does one night, you know, in <laughs> the single elimination, it can happen. Right. But, um, it's it's always it's it's a little trickier than you know just kind of going to one extreme or the other.
1: Yeah, that's All right. you're right. Coach tricky, G, just what? what the mentions are saying. It's good among the staff. All
2: right, Gavin, what's up, man? Gavin,
4: you there? You guys hear me? You guys hear me? Yeah, we can hear you. There we go. Okay. So like, I know the Lakers lost a day, but I mean, am I the only one that just doesn't see them losing the series? That's a fair question,
2: Gavin. Appreciate the question. Um, I personally, I personally think we're going to get some shenanigans with the officiating next game. And it gets back to our point: like it's the NBA. I'm, you know what? Like I'm just, I think Scott Foster is going to officiate Game Six. I don't, I don't know what else to say. Scott Foster, who Chris Paul apparently has like a one in eighty-two record against, um, so th- something like that. Uh. I think the Lakers got, you know, destroyed tonight. I do not expect them to get destroyed in game 6. And you know if they win game 6, I game 7 going to be
1: tough. Yeah, I mean is, is Anthony Davis playing game six? Hey, this game kind of tells you, like, Anthony Davis the best player in L.A., and he was the best player last year in the bubble in L.A. Like, I get LeBron makes some big shots in the games. So my God, A.D. is is so good when he's healthy. And I guess even if he plays game six, right, he's not healthy with that groin, even if he plays game six, which is tough for L.A., but um, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. L.A. could use a lot of help, but it's not like they're the type of team where you see them making 23s next game. Like, I don't even know if they could do that. It's- LeBron made five tonight. Was the last time he made five? three like 2014 at played. some
2: point at some point some of the laker role players have to hit shots i yeah. just mm. don't know how many they can hit because it's not like it's not like a it's not like a clay thompson slump where you're like all right this guy at some point when he catches heat it's going to be ugly for the other team like you know cuz we've all watched clay go like 30% from 3 over four games and then in that fifth game it's uh it's like 10 for 12 or something dumb like that, right? Like, they don't have any shooters like that. Like, Dennis, Dennis Schroeder, uh, Kyle Kuzma, they're not those guys. They're going to have to grind it out. All right, keep moving. Juwan, what's up, man? Howdy, boys. Uh, question
4: I know you guys might want to skip because I know it's going to be a, a talking piece the rest of the offseason, but I wanted to ask about a question about Wiseman. So, flashback seven
3: months ago eight months ago in December, there was a legit question that if the Warriors should pick up
2: Jordan Poole's team option or not and flash forward, you know, back to where we're at now, he's
1: a legit piece. Um, why is there the question is, why do fans think that
4: Wiseman can't grow into a player that can contribute next year when literally a year ago, we were calling for Jordan Poole as the worst player in the NBA.
2: It's a great question. I yep. appreciate it. Yep. I agree with you. I do think Wiseman can contribute to this team. The real question is if he can contribute at a level that elevates the core in a timely fashion. That, that's really the question for me because, like, as nice as Jordan Poole has been, like, I don't know, Wiseman's more talented. I mean, he's a number two pick. We all watch him. Like, you don't find 7-1 guys who move like that. You don't find guys who are 7-1 with that level of coordination and potential skill. Um, So so the real question is, can the Warriors get him up to speed in time? I don't know that anyone actually
1: denies his talent. And I think that's the difference is if you put Jordan Poole in the open market last season, what are you getting? Hot Cheetos and and chocolate milk, maybe? Maybe like James Wiseman, maybe you think his trade value is down, but he'll get you some like he'll get you something. And, And I think that's why. Right, like that, that's, I'm, I think most Warriors fans, 99% of Warriors fans will tell you like, yeah, they want James Wiseman to succeed and they want him to succeed in a Warriors uniform. And I think there's a fair amount of fans that say, I don't want to wait if, it, if you tell me that James Wiseman could be traded for Pascal Siakam type right. player. Like, I think that's, that's the conversation that Warriors fans are having. Is no, and We say this every podcast and I will say it again. It is not a slight to James Wiseman. It's a slight to Steph Curry. If you're not putting the best team around Steph Curry and we are not sure, I am not sure if James Wiseman is that guy to put around him. If you can trade him for a good basketball player. Not trading him for Terrence Ross, that's not what we're talking about. But if you can tell me you could find a very, very good above average, you know, fringe all star, then yeah, you make that move. I think that's not. Yeah, a it's
2: it's all about what you think James Wiseman can do next year relative to what you think you can get from him in a trade. And that's the tricky thing because like You know, yeah, nine out of 10 people are going to be like, oh, if you can trade Wiseman for an all-star, do it. But is that even available? Right. And then you get into the conversations about what is available and is that better than keeping him? And do you trust the Warriors coaching staff to get him up to speed quick enough? And all these things that are more about the context of the Warriors core and their age than James Wiseman.
1: Now, I guess. You know, you watch DeAndre Ayton. You got to take there, Sam. Watching DeAndre Ayton, pretty damn good out there. Better than
2: I ever thought he'd be. But another – if anything, he's in year three. Mm. It really Mm. clicked for him this year in Mm. year three. Wiseman's going into year two, and Ayton didn't tear his meniscus or have the weird pandemic offseason. So, again, it comes back to – Wiseman may be able to do the things Aiton did. Like, I mean, their games are different, but like in terms of impact, because I think Aiton's made a very big impact in this series. Um, it might not come around for Wiseman for another year. It might not, you know. And that's the the question you have to grapple with: Can you wait for that, or is it better to trade him and kind of live with the fact that, you know, in three years you're gonna be like, man, that guy's really good. But, I get, yeah. you
1: know, I guess Chris Paul is 36 and, and you know, you can you can get a Michael Bridges and like well, Devin Booker's pretty damn good. So, you need to find something like that out there. But but you know, Chris Paul is 36. Steph is 33, 34, so maybe, maybe you can make that argument, I guess. That's true. All right, keep moving. John
4: McWalter.
5: John, yo, what's, yo, on, what's up guys? Oh, yeah, you know, you got to let the season rest down a little bit. But, um, hey, I think the NBA playoffs are showing us a lot of things. that uh, The West is just a complete crapshoot right now. There's no dominant team, right? Utah's having tr- trouble even with the Grizzlies, right? It just means the Warriors, even on their current roster, is competitive, which is great news, right? So, like, love how the playoffs are looking. The West looks like a complete shit show. So, that's awesome. And, and speaking on Wiseman, I'm stoked about having him on the roster. I think it's great, you know. Well, we'll balco him up, right? He'll be fine. You know, and like Juwan said in the chat, he just needs time in the film room, which he can do while still having an injured meniscus, right? You you could be a guy like eight and miss fifty games or whatever from suspension and still learn things, right? Like and look at now he's coming back year really three looking good. Right? So, you know, for us to be fickle, not being in practices, not seeing every minute of Weissman's development, we only see what we see in the games which is limited, and him being tentative, hopefully he grows. You know, this is the same thing we lacked with Poole, not being able to see him enough. I mean, I sure didn't watch enough G League games to see what Chris Wims worked with him on, or any of this, like, DeMarco stuff that they now preach all over the telecast that worked with him inside and out. So hopefully Wiseman can do something similar and we'll all be coming back and we're like, thank God we didn't change Wiseman for, you know, you know, two nickels because we were panicking over the minutes we saw in a lost season. Right. I think we're going to be fine. Everyone keep your heads up. I'm stoked about next season. I've seen Steph on the Insta. He's getting his relaxation in now. Hopefully he doesn't go to the Olympics, so he's fresh for next season or <laughs> to take the West. You know, this, they look—they they all look awful right now. Everyone has flaws, and so that means we can slide right on in there. Thanks, guys.
2: John, appreciate it. That we is, needed that. that, that means, we needed that. That is a phenomenal call to end on. That's we needed that.
1: Feeling. Yeah. they yeah, We. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. 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 I want to. I want to say this one thing on the Wiseman thing. I mean, I. I feel bad for him because. His name is always the name that comes up when, it, when we talk about, like, Warriors making a big trade. And it's never about him. It's just about kind of the fickle nature of, like, where the Warriors are sitting, which is with one of the best players in the league, with core players who are champions and kind of a roster that's kind of hanging there that we don't know. Um, so I would love to see Wiseman be that guy who, like, comes into his own and is that piece around the Warriors. You just don't know, you know? And I think it's it's a disservice to Warrior fans to not at least explore the other options.
1: Oh yeah, and and they will, and they will. But I think the the yeah, the optimism is that I think you've got a Warriors team with players that, even though Clay is coming back and he's injured, I mean, he's gonna be good for at least a few more seasons. You would think. I mean, just the way it's not like it's not like he was a six uh, eight. <laughs> You know, doing three sixty dunks like that was his game, right? He wasn't Predik, he wasn't Russell Westbrook of shooting, right. right? So, um, his game should age well. Draymond Green is still good defensively. Steph Curry, still- like I think there is enough there. Um, and I think that hey, if you're going to keep James Wiseman, um, that's worth it too. Then, then you still got ammo, like you still got your own lottery pick, and you still got the Minnesota pick. And I think that's where those are the ones where you can't draft another project. But let's say you move those picks and get some decent players. Like, that may be the move, too. Like, they're, I think the Warriors have enough pieces, and where they can make some moves this offseason. Um, and it's not like, like you're saying, you watch the wrestling conference, like John was saying, it's not like they need Giannis to win the title here. It's not like they need mm. Ben Simmons to win the title. I
2: mean, yeah, yeah. It'd be great. Maybe uh-huh. you not know, Ben Simmons shooting 20% from the line. <laughs> it's but it, the point the point stands. Um, <laughs> they... It makes the whole off season intriguing, and so we'll be back Thursday. Ugh. I'll leave it here. Check out the merch store. Check out premium. Check out all the feeds. It's going to be fascinating
1: to see what they do. All right, brother.